You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. Thanks for joining us as always on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We got Doug Branson back behind the glass after he went away from us yesterday. Decided to do stayed. a different podcast. I almost stayed. It was so nice. Great podcasting studio. You over just there. want to stay there with Nick Carboni the entire time? The Carbs man. Love him. Well, what's the it's the uh, NBC Sports Podcast, correct? Yeah, NBC Sports Podcast, part of WCNC Sports Coverage, Nick Carboni on the mic. It was fun. Now is it like Nick Carboni? Nick yeah, you got your like name that. wrong. You got your name well, wrong. Well, I just yet. don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Nick Carbonite? Carbine action? Is that a carburetor? I just, I just don't know. What is it again? Yeah, if you haven't listened to the episode, he calls Walker a meal. Walker meal. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us here. Again, it's the Locked On Hornets podcast presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can get Locked On Hornets on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and when you get in your car and tell your smart device and uh, your smart device to play podcast Locked On Hornets. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Book your next trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. We also have a special guest in studio with us today. It's Adam Chin, and you may know him better by his Twitter handle, at Baseline Buzz. And I understand that people love you on Twitter that you don't like to stir the pot whatsoever. No, very vanilla, very conventional. I, you know, I always toe the company line when it comes to the Hornets. I'm sometimes accused of, of being an employee of the, of the company because <laughs> I'm don't. so, I'm so conventional with my takes. Uh, I noticed that your name beside your handle it is baseline buzz, and then of course kill in parentheses. So, how would you describe your Twitter persona? Well, you know, that, that's that's the third iteration of my Twitter handle. Okay. Originally, as some uh, of the uh, older fans will will know. It was Bobcat's Baseline. That's how it started, at Bobcat's Baseline. That was our old blog back in the day. And then eventually that became Baseline Buzz. I was all on board. I supported the team. I was excited about MJ bringing the Hornets brand back to the Queen City. You know, and about a year and a half ago, two, <laughs> um, two years now, two years ago, I'd say enough is enough. Things that, took that, a turn. On that fateful day when I was doing the, uh, the draft uh, research that summer and I looked at all the, the the prospects that are out there and this happened for like the third or fourth time with this team and I was like you know this makes a lot of sense they're sitting here at this pick let's get Donovan Mitchell he he, he can play now you he, were a Donovan Mitchell I, OG I, guy even over Malik Monk oh I because that was kind of rare I mean I didn't a lot of people it. liked Monk oh I, I was I doubt under the show on draft night and, and Doug was was with a few people and uh and they were excited about the Malik Monk pick and I was kind of like yeah yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, when I was looking at Malik Monk, I was thinking, okay, what's this guy going to do in the NBA? He can't guard anybody. You can't keep him on the floor when it matters. You know, he's he, his, his jump shot's a bit erratic. Sometimes he gets hot, sometimes he's not. Anyway, we can do the whole Malik Monk thing another time. Long story short, I was like, okay. And then when I found out about that Steve Clifford was urging <laughs> for the team to pick Donovan Mitchell, and of course Mitchell explodes, I'm thinking, okay, enough is enough. This team has, has no idea what they're doing. I've been a fan since 1988. Uh, I'm older than you guys by a little bit. Let's, let's just call it a little bit. And uh, and so I've been with this organization for 30 years, hoping and praying that they're going to do something, you know, get to some meaningful playoff games beyond the second round. Just once. 
And guess what? It's yet to happen. And what has happened is a tremendous amount of boneheaded moves, mostly in the draft, also elsewhere. So now we have a potential move that could be considered a boneheaded move. And a lot of people are discussing this Kimball Walker situation. Exactly what do you do? A lot of people have different takes on this. So I would imagine that you are a guy that does want to indeed part with Kimball Walker to try to rebuild this roster. Okay. Yes, I, I I lean that that direction because I like Kimball Walker as a player. He's I mean he is Mr. Hornet. There's I mean again someone has watched the team for 30 years. I'm thinking there's no I mean Glenn Rice a couple of nice years. L.J. Zoe eh, you know good runs earlier in their no, careers. Kimba checks all the boxes. Kimba's Mr. Hornet. He's amazing. He's a three-time All-Star with the same team. He holds almost all the records. Of course, I want him to go out and do something amazing in his career, like win some meaningful games. I'm watching the playoffs and thinking, Kemba should be out there. If Kemba's on the Bucks instead of Eric Bledsoe, Kemba's likely going to push that team over the edge, right? Because Kemba loves the moment. The problem is he doesn't get any of those moments because the team's always picking ninth in the draft and 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 you know looking on the on the outside in. So. Um, I, I want for his own benefit. I would love to see Kemba leave the team and go to a winning organization. I like Dallas. I like Utah for him. I like. Uh, I, I mean, I could see New York as being an option if they get KD, uh, but I want to see him play meaningful games. So for him personally as a player, uh, I'd love to see him go away. So you don't. What, what's your, I guess, opinion on what's best for the Charlotte Hornets franchise? I mean, do you think that it would be good to bring him back for the franchise's sake? I mean, forget about what's good for Kemba, right? Like if you're. Pulling for the Hornets, you know, what, what is best for the Hornets? Is it to give them the full Supermax or is it to say, you know what, man, I appreciate everything you're doing. And I think we can all attest to that. We all love Kimba Walker. He is the best Hornet of all time. But at the same time, realize, you know what, it just doesn't make the most sense financially to keep him. And that's obviously where I am. But is that where you are or do you would you like to bring him back? Well, again, he, he's saying two things. I mean, he, and he has to decide. He wants to win, but of course he wants the big contract. If you give this guy the Supermax they're not going to win. There's just no way you can put a team around him, especially as that contract gets into its later years where they can field a competitive squad with Kemba Walker, right? And, uh, and I brought it up on Twitter a couple of days ago. It's like, what if, okay, so what if Kemba resigns with the team but resigns for um, a lower dollar amount, like something below the Supermax, maybe closer to the Bird Max, maybe even closer to that $140 million mark that other teams can, can pay for him? You know, and someone had a really good, good response to me, a guy named Scott Overby, I believe his name is. Um, he said that, the, the, in his opinion, the, the union would never let a player eligible for the Supermax decline a supermax like he thought that was insane he, th- he thinks the un- union would push back on that and, and make him do something more than than um than you know take one for the team in this case but either way either if he signs a 190 million dollar contract or whatever that 200 and something 20 million dollar right. contract either way uh they're not going to be good and have him back you are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but is that, is they, that the guy? they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night. They didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. dot 
So now we know, again, just going back to your Twitter persona, also Doug tells me that you are one to come up with crazy trade scenarios surrounding the Charlotte Hornets. And you have a couple to discuss. Is that correct? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I posed this one a couple of days ago. If they really want to just blow it up and if Kemba, if they're, if they're okay with uh, tanking for real and Kemba leaves and they let him go, why not go crazy outside the box? Why not take on the worst contract in the NBA, mm. John Wall? Whoa. Okay. <laughs> John Wall, the worst contract in the NBA, a contract that doesn't even start until this coming season. They throwing in a Stairmaster? Need uh, something. Man, that's that's too soon. Come on. <laughs> is that, uh, Doug yeah. is a big fat joke towards John Wall guy. That's yeah. not the first fat joke he's made towards his way. Yeah, that's too, too soon, man. Let, let the guy, you know, let him. All right, so you get John first. Wall in this air okay. master and what okay. else is coming up? Anyway, on? so and you, they, they send back a pick or two, including this year's pick, and we send out uh, Batum and Biz. That's it. So you get rid of two years of Batum. Uh, again, a guy that I liked originally. Just I have no idea what's going on with him. Uh, and then you send out the last year biz. You take on a tremendous amount of money, but you get, you get a couple of picks. Okay. And let's say Cam Reddish drops to the to the Wizards pick this year. All of a sudden now you go into next year having yet to tank one season with Reddish, whoever your guy is with the Hornets' own pick, uh, Brandon Clark, Bull Ball, whoever that's going to be. And you got Bridges still, you got Dwayne Bacon, you got uh, uh, Graham, uh, and you can try to get something for Marvin and Malik Monk uh, during the season if, if possible. So it's a, good, it's a good rebuild without even having to tank for one year. You already, you already started. John Wall, more like John Naw. <laughs> You're not feeling it's, that, right? Oh, God. <laughs> Do you have? A, I don't know if that one works, man. I don't know if that one works. That one's all right. Like John, no, look, I'm with you though. The, the only thing is, and I understand where you're going. You know, the the key when you're starting to rebuild is to bring on awful contracts in exchange for assets as well, and then you're just bad and you're paying bad players big money, and who cares because it doesn't enhance your record, and therefore those assets that you get are probably going to be helpful. Like, and I understand all of that. I just don't want that contract. Like as you mentioned, I think it's just too long. I think because you've got four more years after this season where he isn't going to play. So you're literally, it's essentially dead money for a season because he's not going to come back because he is injured. So the first year of your contract, it's straight up dead money. So then the next three years, you've got him for, again, a stupid, ridiculous deal. Everyone considers it the worst contract in the, in the league. I understand Brian trying to take it on and just being bad for a while. I just don't want it that long like four years is too long for me to take it on good points let me uh, push back a little bit that that fourth year stretch it stretch it over three years you know because all your guys in your team are going to be or it's going to be the Jawan Howard contract it's going to be the one we just never get rid of the the Bobby Bonilla for the the (laughs) Mets we're going to be paying Uh, him a million (laughs) dollars in 2035 100 percent yeah um listen it's just a way where you can start building young now again okay second trade I'll get I'll get off that for a second second trade so second trade idea uh, and, I've, and you've seen this before out there. Other people have posed it. But if they are intent on keeping Kemba in a Hornet uniform and then get him for a decent price, just do the Kevin Love deal. Do the Batum. Give him, give him a pick. Give him a leak monk, you know, and, and bring Kevin Love in. I mean, Kevin Love, uh, when his contract's over, uh, he's going to be the same age as LaMarcus Aldridge. Is he gonna? Is he gonna? Is is today? So is he gonna age worse than Lamarcus Aldridge? I mean, you can say that they're comparable. You know, you put a decent, you put a decent uh, defensive uh, four or five man next to Kevin Love, and, and all of a sudden you have a second score, and Kemba can say, you know, I I I'm playing next to an all star. And would a team, if it was intelligently built around Love and Kemba, 
and bridges and a couple other pieces that they can get, uh, you know, smaller role-playing type pieces? Could they get to the second round potentially in the Eastern Conference in the next, say, two seasons? Maybe. Again, I'm not in love with that scenario. Mm-hmm. But it's if you're going to go down that path as as an organization, well, you need to try to get a star. You got to get essentially and, what you're doing, and he's the most available star, yeah. quote unquote. Well, and, and I understand that. Look, so he'll be done in 2022, 2023. He's 30 years old right now. The one thing is he is injury prone. I mean, he was injured the entire season, really, in this past year. But you're right. The, I think if you were to bring back a Kimba Walker. You would need to find some kind of all-star to bring to pair with them in order to make some kind of significant change, and it's going to be extremely tough. That's why the situation that the Hornets in, are in are extremely tough, and nobody envies it. John Wall, more like John All You Can Eat. I love it. So Doug is, <laughs> Doug is behind the glass. I fall for it every time, and you think I wouldn't fall for it. Where he'll stick his finger. Hey, I, I got a question. He does it with some sense of urgency. So, we're like, all right, I'll, I'll wrap my take up real quickly so we can get to Doug's point. He's got something important to say, and then he gives us that. Hey, Doug, John Bearclaw. Oh, okay, yeah. Is, does that count? Do, yeah. I get, do I get points for that? <laughs> no, you do. Yeah. Put him on the board, Doug. Uh, real quickly, I also did want to mention before we get you out of here. Um, you were talking about the history of the Hornets and just how different it is now, right? Like, again, you talked about how you were a fan since 1988 and how much fun it was when you did live in the Zoe, the LJ, and the Muggsy era and how everybody was – at least they had personalities. And it doesn't seem like there's a ton of people on the Hornets team that has a whole lot of personality. But really in the NBA, it's not like we're in that golden era of personalities within the association. Yeah, the, the Hornets specifically – were a part of the national conversation when it comes to basketball in the 90s. Um, you could see LJ on Family Matters dressed up in his grandma you know uniform. Yeah, right. Steve Urkel uh, recognizes your your prowess. Uh, you've got <laughs> you've got uh, you know Muggsy and Zoe and Space Jam. Uh, the Hornets were on national television often. The, the Hornets, in a lot of ways, I, I explain it to people this way: it's the Hornets of the early '90s were a lot like the early OKC Thunder teams, when you had these, you know, uh, very, but um, with more personality, like you said, with more personality, with more of a of something that would make them uh, family and 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 casual fan friendly. Uh, but they had this potential, and everyone wanted them to succeed. And you know that fateful day when they had to trade Zoe, and 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 back in '95, um, that was a that was a big blow. That 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 really was the beginning of the end. Well, it it was always good, at least for the Hornets, to be able to get some kind of star in return for a while. You know that that was something where you know the Hornets they have never been to an Eastern Conference final, and you consider their history among the worst in all of the NBA. But at least they were able to prolong that for a while. If you had to, de- if you had to trade an All Star off of this team, they were able to get a good player back in return. So you mentioned trading Alonzo Mourning, you get back Glenn Rice. You mentioned getting rid of Glenn Rice. They were able to get an Eddie Jones to at least mm-hmm. get for a little while, and then Jamal Mashburn from from Eddie Jones. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, you were able to at least prolong that. You were able to squeeze as much as you possibly could to where it didn't destroy your franchise. Getting rid of some of these guys. Yes, of course. You still wanted to keep that trio along. A, as, as part of the franchise as long as possible, but at least you were able to squeeze as much talent as you were able to. And they did get lucky with getting that high draft pick for Baron Davis, number three overall. It just out of all the faults that the Hornets have, there's a lot. I'm not here to say that this is an organization that has done a phenomenal job in its history. No, that's something that don't people don't talk about. Like Alonzo wanting out of Charlotte, demanding a way out, and for them to trickle down off of all-star from all-star 
not too bad of a job if you look at it from that scenario. Well, well, we can attribute all this to just one man. Rest in peace, Bob Bass. Best GM the city's ever had, as far as I'm concerned, football or basketball. That guy was a genius. And we're, and if, if someone were to write, maybe Rick Bunnell will do this eventually. Maybe he'll write a book on the, 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 the many genius moves of Bob Bass. All those moves you just talked about. He was a big that advocate was, of him, yeah. That, that was him. Mm-hmm. That, he did all that. He manufactured stuff. Well, I think all of this speaks, kind of bringing it back to the present, all of this speaks to a couple of things that, that are different now than they were then. Number one, luck. The previous Hornets regime had a lot of luck, but they also made their own luck. They did a lot of great things in the draft that the Bobcats and now Hornets have not been able to do. But I also think it speaks to sort of how we we get caught up, we get wrapped up into Kimba Walker because of how long he's been here and the growth that we've seen him go through. But it happened so late that, you know, last year when they when there were rumblings about trading him, there were questions about whether Michael Jordan could get an all-star, an all-star in return for Kimba Walker. So as much as he has meant to this franchise, I'll go back to what you said at the beginning of the interview. I think to the rest of the league, he's a player that could push you over the edge but if he's your number one guy, you're going to have a hard time competing in either conference. Yeah, yeah. The 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 thing with Kemba, and, and this is where they needed to be more forward thinking. He should have been traded last year, the year before, when he had a year left, either at the trade deadline or in the summer. Had they been more of a Masai Ujiri type of a of a GM situation, and the ownership would buy in they would have been a little bit more um, visionary in how they constructed the team and, and took the uh, the assertive move and, and, and traded him then. You could have got something back. You could have really had a beautiful nest egg of, of, of assets. All right. We appreciate you joining us here. Adam Chin again. Go follow him on Twitter at Baseline Buzz. Phenomenal follow. So make sure again you do it. He's not going to stir the pot. We promise. Very vanilla as he said. Go f- again. Baseline Buzz. Adam, we appreciate you joining us once again, man. Walker. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. All right. Thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA, to get 20% off. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with plenty more here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school, and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to Mocked on Hornets. I've got a couple of mock drafts here for you. I know you missed them yesterday. How about this one? From Fansided, the blog is Factory of Sadness. The writer Mike Graham has the Hornets taking... Kevin Porter Jr. Oh, first time I've seen that yeah. one. Shooting guard. I'm a fan. University of Southern California. And we've got from BleacherReport.com, Jonathan Wasserman going with Brandon Clark, a familiar name, Gonzaga, power forward, center, junior for the Charlotte Hornets at number 12. And you got a third one? I do. A New Hampshire man oh. was bitten by a bat that was hiding in his iPad case, leaving him. With rabies. The 86-year-old man is being treated for rabies after being bitten by a bat wedged between the back of his iPad 
and its case. Doug's airtime has been stolen oh. a lot the past couple of days. That's crazy. He decided to go to the NBC Sports podcast Kevin yesterday. Porter. You had Nada fill in for him yesterday because of that. And now today, in the first segment, we had Baseline Buzz, Adam Chin come on. So Doug didn't allow himself, we didn't allow him the airtime to give off a lot of his takes. So as I look at the rundown in front of me, there is one, Doug's take on Chris Paul. I'm interested to see how that's going to go. There's also Doug on NBC Sports Charlotte Bod- podcast. Maybe we can talk a little bit about what you discussed there, maybe as a teaser. And also Doug's NBA Finals prediction. You've had you had to be professional on that podcast. It seems like you just are wanting so badly to get off your takes because we stole some airtime from you. Well, uh, number one, I did not have to be professional. I decided to be professional because Nick Carboni was nice enough to invite me on the podcast. Also, I'm trying to get filthy rich from this, and sometimes Nick Carbonite, I think is you have to go and play ball. You have to go and play a ball and 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 be professional. And so I put a tie on, no no uh, no collared shirt or anything, just a t-shirt and a tie. Mm-hmm. And I went on there and I gave some professional takes. I don't know if any of those takes were correct, but I gave them. It's not like my NBA, you know, my NBA playoff predictions. Those are always right, and you should always take those to the bank. What is your NBA Finals prediction? Are you ready for this? I am. Oh man, I know. I've been getting tweets all over the place. Doug, please, I I'm, I got to put in my last minute bet. Please give me your NBA Finals prediction. Let me strap in real quick. Here it is. Okay, go. Either the Warriors win in four or mm-hmm. the Raptors mm-hmm. win in six. Mm. So if the Ra- what I'm saying is if the Raptors win one game, they're going to win in six games. But if the Warriors win four games, that means they've won the NBA championship. Well, Raptors in six, huh? You, that, that's the take you're going to go with? It worked for me once. Raptors in six. Of course you're going to go with that take. All right, Doug, you had a Chris Paul take as well. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Well, so I, like many of you, have heard all of this noise around Chris Paul, and we're all trying to really figure out how much of this is you know, an actual thing and how much of this is, well, Chris Paul is associated with the state of North Carolina, so people are going to write that in. And, you know, also the Hornets might be in the market for a point guard if they, if they don't bring back Kimba Walker. So how much is, of this is just sort of, well, inevitably we, we should put him with the Hornets and how much of this is real? I'll just say this. At best, if they were to bring in Chris Paul, all it does at best is, is block up your books for another couple of years, delay what is seemingly the inevitable, which is this team getting bad for a few years and reshuffling the deck and, and trying to figure out a, a completely new direction. That's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, you know, this is just sort of a cynical cash grab that, uh, you know, really just sets your franchise back. And, and Chris Paul is miserable here and, and, and can't get healthy. And, and it really just, it, it delays it significantly, delays getting your franchise back on the right track. So I don't like any of this idea. No, just any of, of taking on any of those contracts. We discussed the John Wall one in the first segment. We're discussing the Chris Paul one here at the second segment, or I guess the third, whatever. Like, and you don't, I don't want any of that money. I, I just, think when I a team, be- I think when a team comes out and says everybody's for sale, people should be very careful about no, you try what to, they come back with. Sure, you try to make the deal because it's relevant and you're thinking, okay, how can we make this a benefit for us? And we, it's fun to discuss, but in reality, no, we don't have to do it. We I don't, don't have to call them. I don't go to a yard sale to redecorate my house. You know what I'm saying? 
Like you don't you don't go to that situation because you feel like you you might get a sneak find, but you're not going to redecorate the whole house. You don't put old baseball cards all around your walls and put them up there. No, I thought that would be a good idea. No, no leg shaped lamps. No, no old carpets. Oh, well, leg shake. Blad, speak for yourself there. Got one sitting on the table as we speak. Electric sex in the window. One of the greatest <laughs> lines ever. I'm not having this conversation with you again. All right. Thanks for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You've sucked me in too many times. <laughs> Remember to get this show every day. You can subscribe to Locked On Hornets on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlist and themed collections of shows to help with podcast discovery. You can find everything from comedy to mystery, thrillers, and sports. You can download Himalaya free at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Hornets. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back with a Fire Friday tomorrow.